to the Scottish Business Network podcast. Hi, I'm Fraser Allen. Welcome to episode 61. Many of you may well remember listening and watching with bated breath when the long-distance runner Mo Farah won his four Olympic gold medals. Those kind of moments when people who may not usually be interested in sport get up on their feet and start shouting at the TV. What you may not know, however, is that one of the key figures behind Mo's success was a Scotsman. Barry Fudge is a pioneer in sports science who worked closely with Mo for many years as head of endurance at British Athletics. A really engaging speaker, Barry tells us his story from growing up as a sports-mad teenager in Fort William to standing trackside as all the hard work paid off. He also explains how he is now applying his expertise in performance to business. The interview was recorded at a live Scottish Business Network event via Zoom on 16th of February 2021. The quality of my audio isn't up to the normal standard, I'm afraid, but more importantly, Barry comes through loud and clear and is really well worth listening to. So, Barry, hello. How are you doing? Hey, hi everyone. It's lovely to hear so many Scottish voices. I must admit, it's really nice. And thank you so much for having me. It's great. Great, great to see you. And first of all, what has life been like for you over the past year, both personally and professionally with the, the crisis? Yeah, it's been really strange for me because the role I had, I'd spend 20 to 25 weeks a year out of the country. Um, and so, you know, I haven't actually been in an office since last, uh, December a year ago. Um, so it's been a long time for me at home, which I'm sure like everyone else, you know, the initial lockdown, I was like, great, I'm, I'm getting a rest <laughs> and getting to see my family, of course, because I didn't, didn't see them very often. And, and it was during that period I decided to actually move on from British athletics and change it up a bit. Um, it, you know, I, I really love being at home with my family and, and, and thought, you know, this is a good time to start looking at different different opportunities. So, but, but I tell you what, I'm sure I'm the same as everyone else now. I quite happily go to the pub and have a beer or <laughs> down to the coffee shop. <laughs> well, maybe maybe soon one day. Yeah. So we'll go on to discuss your, your new business in more detail later on, Barry. But, uh, yeah. I mean, has it kept you sort of busy? Is a lot of organizations are pivoting as they say so is, is that yeah. the role for you yeah. i mean i've got a lot of net i've got a good network and, and actually it's great to, to be on here as well and meet new people but um it's a difficult time for all businesses i'm sure um and especially starting out just trying to to get going but i've got a few little bits that i've got going and yeah i'll talk a bit about about that later um but it's it's definitely a tough time and for everyone i'm sure so so you're from fort william originally yeah uh uh, quite a sporty background, I believe. I mean, what did you? What was life like growing up? What? what how did yeah. You... So, um, my my dad's Welsh, so we were we were a family of rugby players, really. Um, and I actually have a twin brother um, who is also a coach. He he coaches sprint athletes in London. Um, but our our entire life was a competition, <laughs> mainly around sport. And you know, we grew up doing sport every day. Um, you know, it could be rugby, football, golf, cricket, tennis fishing you name it that's that's kind of what we've done and um and I was thinking about this this afternoon because my kids don't do anything you know like what we used to do living in the Scottish Highlands you know like we get kicked out the door at, in the morning and come back at dinner time you know so um yeah we, our entire life was just competition and sport and, and in particular rugby both my brother and I played to a pretty high level in Scotland um and, and that's what got me interested in sports science really 
Because, yeah, I mean, you went, went on to study sports science at, at university. So was it they're quite, even before that, quite an early sense that that's what you really wanted to do, sort of be in the team supporting elite sports? Uh, yeah, yes and no. I mean, uh, as I say, I used to play a lot of rugby. And that, if I'm honest, that's what I used to wake up thinking about most days. I didn't really think about a career, as I think a lot of kids don't really do until they have to make those decisions. Um, and I actually went to Glasgow um, because I was able to do chemistry, maths and biology at the same time. And I didn't really have to pick what I was going to do for another couple of years. So I was keeping my options open. Um, but in a way, it was always going to be sports science um, that I'd done. Um, and, and I'm glad I did. And in particular, sort of focus on endurance. So, uh, I mean, yeah. you did your PhD, didn't you, on the endurance of, sort of Kenyan athletes? Yeah, I kind of fell into that one a little bit. Um, because of my rugby and then my academic qualifications, I had a, a scholarship at Glasgow to do and a PhD and uh, one of the things that was going on there was the uh, what they called the East African running science sort of department was being created at the time um, and for, as a physiologist the, the most pure form of exercise is running and um, so it's it's like the creme de la creme of of what you're going to do if you're doing physiology and that's how I kind of got into it and it was an amazing amazing experience you know I, I went around East Africa for about four years into Kenya and Ethiopia in particular um, and I learned so much about life in particular, but about endurance running, um, yeah, huge amount. And, and was very lucky to work with some of the greatest athletes ever um, at the time. Um, and yeah, I took that back and started to work in, in Britain um, in the late 2000s. So that was when you were working at the English Institute of Sport. You had a couple of spells there, didn't you? And, and a, yeah. with a, a time in Sports Scotland as well. So yeah, you, yeah. was it that when you started pulling some of these lessons together and developing your own thoughts about sports science? Yeah, um, yeah. over the years I've done, done a few different things. Um, uh, in Scotland it was actually quite interesting because it, it, was, it wasn't just athletics, it was, there was triathlon, swimming and judo. And so I got a real kind of different look at other sports as well and see how they operate. But and it's always been a common thread is the, the endurance running type of thing and yeah, I, I got, and again, I got lucky in many respects to come across um, Mo. And, you know, I, I'd learned a lot about, you know, how to how to support Olympic champions during my time in East Africa. I'd worked with a previous double Olympic champion um, and I'd also worked with kind of a couple of world record holders as well. So I came into that environment well prepared to support him. Um, and yeah, it, it's been it's been a hell of a journey for sure. Well, I mean, that's sure a lot. Everyone would love to hear more about that because you know, even for those people who aren't necessarily that into sport, they'll have been probably standing on their feet cheering on Mo when he yeah. won his gold medals. Um, you know, it was a great, great moment for for Britain in general. So, I mean, how did that relationship with Mo develop? What was he like to work with? What, what were some of the, the the real high the key points in in that journey? Yeah, I mean, initially he um, he didn't really know how good he was, which was quite interesting. Um, he, you know, there was always talk of him coming through the ranks as being a very good distance runner. Um, but he started to realise towards 2009, 2010, that actually he's a bit better than all right. Um, and when I came back from East Africa and started to talk to him about, you know, what, what he does and the sessions and how they compare to, say, some of the Africans, he started to get a bit of a flavour of where he was really at. Um, and for him, it was a confidence thing, having people around him that, that understood what he was trying to achieve, um, I think was kind of one of the key things for him 
And he's a, he's a lovely man. He's he's fun. Um, he doesn't always come across that way on TV and so on. He's quite shy. Although he wasn't recently on that programme, whatever he was on recently. He, he really came out of himself. But yeah, he's a lovely man. Um, very honest, hardworking. Um, and, and I think... Um, you know, we kind of we kind of bonded quite well over the years. We we were probably on the road together for six or seven years, I think. And so, in what ways were you able to help him in terms of the, the science to to maximise his, his potential? A lot of it is, and this is kind of mixed in with with my business now. What I try to do is is trying to identify where some of the gaps are and maximising performance. So, for him, it was day to day. You know, he he was quite lazy, shall I say, to begin with, in terms of. You know, ticking off the really key important components of what it takes, um, and then it's helping. You know, support sessions, designing sessions, diet, nutrition, strength training. Um, so it, it's quite a lot. But one of the other things um, is planning, goal setting, and and being able to look at data and figure out what it is exactly you need to do, um, either on a daily, a weekly, monthly, or yearly basis, to to, to achieve what you're you're setting out. Um, so yeah, it's it's hard to define like one little thing. There was, there was a load of things, and sometimes it was just as simple as being there, right? Um, you know, being there, somebody to to talk to. You spend a lot of time by yourself on the road, mm. um, a lot of time running by yourself. So you know, I'd go out on the bike or whatever. You no know, basic things like that, through to you know, really understanding his physiology. Um, so it's yeah, kind of mixed bag really. But you went out on the bike when he was running. I'm sure you could you could keep up with him, Barry. Could you not just run? Yeah, yeah, well, maybe not now. <laughs> but, uh, it's certainly on the road, it's fine. But when you go up and down hills on mountain bikes, it can get a bit tricky, actually, yeah. So, look, I'm sure there's a few people here in the audience who, who well, I know that, that there are some pretty serious ultra runners and stuff here. So, oh, wow, yeah. Uh, any, any kind of little tips that you might be able to share in terms of how <laughs> to be? Uh, well... You know, the, the 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 main one probably is consistency. I think a lot of people get bogged down in, you know, super sessions and this and that, but actually just repeating it over and over again, as boring as that sounds, is the key to success in distance running. It, to produce real quality distance runners, it takes a long, long time. Um, I once done this schematic where it was like, if I put Mo Farah's running career into a nine-to-five job, he wasn't successful until three o'clock in the afternoon. So it's, it's, it takes a long, long time. Right, yeah. yeah and it's, it's sticking with it and being consistent is the key thing. Um, and it's probably the same with lots of things in life. When you, when you break it down, it's turn up every day and do your best. Be consistent. Um, right. Don't cut corners. All the usual stuff. But it's, I think a lot of people forget quite often that that's, that's quite important. The second half of the interview continues in a few seconds after this. Do you need a communications expert to help you with your marketing, brand storytelling or strategic content? Find out what I, Fraser Allen, can provide at www.allencoms.co.uk. That's Allen with two L's and an E and comms with two M's. So when you look back on that period now, what were the, the the best moments, the most unforgettable moments, the obvious ones, you know, when, when Mo's winning gold or were there some other moments that people don't know about, you know, just sort of um, turning points and stuff? Yeah, I mean, I think the most obvious one was, was you know, being part of London 2012 um, and being you know, really heavily involved. Um, I put Mo into the call room 
uh, all that kind of stuff and then walked into the stadium to watch him do his race and that was just the most amazing experience in fact it gives me kind of a shiver now down my spine that if anyone was there they remember the noise was just you know I can still feel it now it was like a jumbo jet taking off in the stadium it was it was so good um so you know that that was a real top top moment but you know I I went to whew, I probably went to five or six World and Olympics with Mo and I seen him win 10 gold medals. Um, and so that, and each one had a different story and a different slant to it. And most of the time he was fighting against something, whether it was the media or an injury or something. There was always, there was always a different story to it. Um, so, but I, I, I think it would be hard to top that moment in the Olympic Stadium on, on Super Saturday to knowing that you've been part of it and, and all the sacrifices that everyone had made to get there was a really proud moment um, for me and the people, you know, my family. I think it's, it's one of those moments that a lot of people will remember where they were when they, they saw yeah. it, that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Now, of course, you, you inevitably kind of caught up in the controversy around yeah. uh, Salazar and so on. Um, and how, how do you sort of reflect on that now? How do you feel about all that? Um, it was a difficult time for sure. I mean, a big part of my job with Mo was keeping him away from that. Um, so I would shield him from a lot of what was really going on in terms of the background noise. Um, but but obviously, you know, through 2017, 18, and then more recently, 2020, you know, it just kept coming back. It didn't go away. Um, and, and it was partly one of the reasons why I left British Athletics because I just needed... I needed to step away and the organisation needed time as well to, to kind of heal itself and move away from that. Um, so, yeah, I look back on it now as being a really tough time, but it's also a time that, you know, I've learned a lot from, a um, lot of experiences, lot, I've learned a lot about resilience for sure. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I've been very lucky to be involved in sport at a very high level, um, probably greater than I could ever have dreamed of. And this is just one aspect of it, unfortunately, that, um, you know, in particular in Britain, this happens more often than not. You get built up and then you get knocked down by the press, unfortunately. Um, but it's part of sport at that level and, and you learn to deal with it quite quickly. And and now, of course, you're, you're applying a lot of the lessons that you've learned from sport to, to business, which many other people have done in, in different ways. So what particular angles can you apply to help businesses and individuals through yeah. what we've learned over the years? Yeah, I mean, so there was the, there was the Mo thing, which took over my life for quite a period of time, but I, but I also took over the head role of the, the Olympic distance programme. Um, and so that the, the concept behind that is trying to develop a programme that produces more Mofaras through the years. Um, so it's looking at every level of the, of the talent pathway, if you like, uh, right across the country, and coming up with strategies and ideas and all the rest of it. So over a number of years, I developed some tools, um, whether it was goal setting or uh, problem solving or planning, um, that I think you know can, can, can have an impact in the business world or just in life in general. Um, and then there's just that, that kind of um, high performance experience and, and, and talking to people about what, what true high performance really is. Um, so I've got a bit of insight into some of that that um, you know some organisations are really interested in you know how how you how can you create a culture of high performance as an example or how can you plan like a high performance um, organisation so there's there's been a little bit of that and, and I'm kind of finding my way through it a little bit as well it's it's obviously new to me um, but um, 
but it's it's I think it's a for me it's a fascinating world the this idea that there's there's bits and pieces in sport that can can help business. I, I remember when I was working in sport, we used to look to business for ideas. So um, I think it's, it's quite a nice kind of turnaround. So, yeah, it's interesting. The business is called Lap Twenty Five. Yeah. Well, that's the what's what's the game? Is that the final lap of the? Yeah, so there was 25 laps in the 10K, um, and it's it, the concept was behind um, execution when it matters most. So this idea that, and in truth, this is this is the same for the 5,000 and the 10,000 at the Olympics or the, or the World Championships. It, it more or less comes down to the last lap, and you know I'm being a bit whatever, but it, it does. And, and understanding your positioning, where you've got to be, um, how fast you've got to run. And therefore, you're working back from that and working out the sessions, the thought process, the goal setting and all the rest of it to, to execute when it really matters. And and with Mo, he was extremely um, impressive when it came down to that last lap over you know a long period of time. And so that, that's the concept of lap 25. It's, it's how do you create high performance when it really matters most? Now, with somebody like Mo Farah and the other endurance athletes that you you worked with, it's a kind of holistic thing. Isn't it? Their whole life is focused around being able to run as fast as they can on particular days of yeah. the year. Is there an element of that with business? I mean, you know, people obviously don't don't want to go completely over the board, but uh, one thing I've picked up from you in the past is that um, that resting is as important as training as it is for, uh, for yeah. athletes. Is is there something to be said for that? With business, it's as much about how you recover and, and, and re-energise as, as how you throw yourself into your yeah. business. That's it's a good point, actually. I mean, for, for runners, uh, it's the same for any athlete, really, I guess. 95% of their time is spent recovering, you know. But the actual workouts are a very small part of, of what they do in terms of volume of time. Um, and, I, and I think it is true in business. I think um, being able to turn up and perform at a very high level means that you have to have downtime, you have to recover, and that's certainly one of the the avenues that I'm that I'm looking at with a number of clients is this idea about um, well trying to prevent burnout in particular with very high performing individuals. Um, <laughs> burnout means money, I guess, in the business world, but in, but in the athletics world, it means lots of missed opportunities and and mm. so on. So it's massively important that people uh, recover and, and I myself you know when I left British Athletics I took three or four months off um, just to, to rest and recover because I was knackered <laughs> I was absolutely knackered um, so I think yeah in, in any walk of life it's very very important to do that to do that type of thing so what what are you doing now to yourself to relax I mean what's a, a an ideal weekend uh, look like for you Barry yeah well as a family we just do a lot of walking at the minute there's not much else to do I'm sure everyone's in the same boat um we do a lot of walking um we don't do much else to be honest there isn't much to do I've got the bike set up here in my little office that I get on try and do some cycling um but but not not a lot else and uh, you know in terms of stuff that might be interesting for other people I meditate most days um I use heart rate variability to measure where I'm at quite often um on a daily basis so yeah I mean I, I'm probably more about do what I say than I practice what I preach type thing but um yeah there's definitely plenty of stuff out there that people can can use I mean when I look out in the business world there's a lot around corporate health and wellness I guess where I'm positioning myself is more around um, performance not just health and wellness it's very much around how do you perform at a very high level and um, so the types of people that I've been working with recently are like traders 
um, lawyers, um, pe- people who are, well, in particular, the traders are quite interesting because they, mm. you know, they make a mistake, they probably lose a lot of money. So, or somebody does. <laughs> and it's very competitive. Yeah. Like sport. So yeah. everything that you've kind of learned and, and, and done over the years of your, your career to date, if you were to give a, one piece of advice to to young Barry Fudge leaving mm. for the first time, what would it be? Do you know, I, I just think it, it would be just just believe, just keep, you know, dreaming, believing. For me, I, I, you know, I could get to the point where I go, I'm 40 years old, I've achieved everything in sport that I, that I could achieve. And, it, and it, sometimes I do sit there going, right, what next? Um, so for me, it's, it, I still wake up going, I've got to believe that there's something amazing out there that I can contribute to or help or support. Um, so it's, it's probably that, which, you know, it's just keep believing, keep dreaming, keep, you know, aspiring to do something um, great, which is, you know, it led me down a path one way um, and I'm sure it will lead me somewhere else for the next kind of part of my journey. And at that point, we hand it over to questions from the audience. If you would like to attend one of these virtual Scottish Business Network events, simply visit sbn.scot to find out more. And many thanks to Barry, who's a pleasure to interview and brings to a close a kind of inadvertent run of sports-related interviews in the podcast this year, following Paralympian Martin Perry, sports presenter Alison Walker, and the former Scotland football manager Craig Brown. And after listening to all of that, I think I'd better go for a run. We'll be back in a fortnight exploring something different. And why not subscribe to Scottish Business Network on any of the usual podcast platforms to ensure that you don't miss out. Bye for now. To find out more about the Scottish Business Network, simply visit sbn.scot.